Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Karina, 25 years old, is new to your practice and is here for a well woman check. She has no complaints today. She has a two-year-old son who is doing well. She's considering having another baby, but is a little worried about the problems she had with her first pregnancy. I had to have an emergency C-section because my blood pressure became too high. You ask whether she breastfed her son, and she says, I wanted to try to breastfeed, but due to the surgery and the medications and feeling so tired, I decided to bottle feed. He's growing well, so I plan to bottle feed again. What are your concerns for Karina and her risks for chronic disease? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Susan Feeney, Assistant Professor and Director of the Nurse Practitioner Track at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Susan. Hey, Frank. I think this is really very curious. Um, We're talking about the relationship between chronic illness and pregnancy outcomes. Can you tell us what adverse pregnancy outcomes are? Sure. Adverse pregnancy outcomes, this has been identified by ACOG and the American Heart Association, are gestational hypertension, which is a little different than preeclampsia, but preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, small for gestational age delivery, because that seems to indicate that there's a problem with the pregnancy, a pregnancy loss for whatever reason, and placental abruption. And they have tagged these as sort of red flags for significant cardiovascular disease later in life. And then the AHA and ACOG had a had a joint paper back in 2014 that did look at um, additional risk factors. So um, all the ones that I mentioned before, but also as we know, polycystic ovary syndrome, which puts people at risk for insulin resistance, and then reproductive hormones. So there there are a myriad of things that seem to be tied with increased risk um, in cardiovascular disease later in life. So that's interesting. So the American Heart Association and ACOG are taking the stand about cardiovascular risks and adverse pregnancy outcomes. Um, what, what were some of those relationships? Well, they just found that, that there was higher risk of hypertension, of uh, coronary artery disease, stroke um, as women aged, and, and it put them at a greater risk than, than women who had not had those events. The other thing I need to point out is we know that Women of color, black, Hispanic, Asian women are more likely than white women to experience these, no surprise, because of our social determinants of health and access to care. So that's an even greater risk for for women of color. And it's significant enough that the American Heart Association has flagged it. About 15% of women in the United States experience these, these events at some point in one or more pregnancies. The other thing they found with the most recent recommendations is the protective benefit of breastfeeding, that that seemed to mitigate some of the risk for all women. So um, another important reason to support breastfeeding in our in our patients. Okay, so 
um, we have this relationship. It affects 15% of pregnancies. So that's one in every six or seven women. Right. Um, and we have a little bit of information about how breastfeeding may be protective. What else did the American Heart Association recommend to reduce this risk? And where else should we be looking going forward? Well, they recommend that we should be doing it, it. We need to get out of our siloed kind of concepts. I know a lot of times we send women off to the OBGYN that we, we indicate what their history is, but then we don't integrate it into our prevention strategies. And so um, prevention for pregnancy, adverse pregnancy outcomes, we start with women long before they consider pregnancy. Um, it would be making sure that um, that they're eating healthy diets, that they're exercising, that they understand, do they have a risk for preeclampsia? Do they have a risk for hypertension? Getting them into into a um, into OB care early. Um, and then once once they've had a pregnancy for primary care, to really be vigilant and in, in screening for these as and then to help them with prevention strategies um, as and recognizing their advert their increased risk so that you can you know, consider that when you're thinking primary and secondary prevention down the road. Um, and also as a, as another, um, you know, that breastfeeding may be able to mitigate some of that risk. You have to do all of this without making women feel judged and, and you know, that they're going to, they're going to fail if they don't do it, but it, that it is a benefit to them as well as to the baby. Well, I want, I want to focus on that for a quick second. So as a male, I'm yeah. going to tell this woman who felt really good about bottle feeding the last time that I want her to consider trial of breastfeeding because it's going to both help her her un, her, her newly born child as well as be somewhat cardioprotective. How do I how do I have that discussion in a non-judgmental way? So I think you might ask a little bit like, well, it sounds like you had a, that your last pregnancy was stressful, and boy, I can understand that. Um, you know, the medications and after surgery that breastfeeding would have been kind of a, a daunting um, exercise. But um, what do you know about breastfeeding? Do you know of any benefits of it? And sort of get her ideas on it. She may not understand that she, well, I know it's better for the baby, but there's vitamins in the, in the formula. You can say, well, it turns out that it actually is very beneficial for the baby, you know, gives COVID <laughs> immunity and all kinds of other things. But it turns out it helps helps the mom um, down the road with cardiovascular disease. Do you have any cardiovascular disease in your family? Um, you know, you mentioned that you had hypertension. Um, this this might be a benefit to you. So let's let's think about this as we go forward. I'd love to be able to help you um, consider this as an option. You know, really getting her feelings on it and her knowledge on it uh, before you know launching into the the lecture. Yep. I mean, I think that we, we fall back into that very paternalistic approach right. And, right. and we lose credibility with our patients. So asking her about what she knows, right. what she feels, um, maybe clarifying some uh, misinformation she may have, all, all makes good sense. You, you also had recommended when we first started chatting about this, about helping with traditional cardiac risk factors. And the one that's probably most worrisome in a 25-year-old woman's going to be her smoking status. So if she does stop smoking during the pregnancy, talk to her about how she can continue uh, after the pregnancy 
um, people are sometimes, oh, we shouldn't use nicotine replacement therapy in a breastfeeding woman because the nicotine will get to the baby. I got to tell you, we, we have those same, oh, we shouldn't use nicotine replacement therapy in people with heart disease because it right. might cause a heart attack. You know what causes heart attacks is, is smoking. <laughs> That's right. And the damage to the lungs. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's the harm reduction and, and really doing a really thorough investigation of all her cardiovascular risk factors. And, uh, and, and, but doing so in a way, you know, by asking her what she knows and not imparting judgments and, uh, because people walk out feeling like, you know, that they've had a finger wagged at them and everything they've experienced is their own fault. And that is certainly not, uh, going is, is beneficial or true. And, um, we need to sort of, uh, honor her views and her wishes and her understanding and help her to, you know, make an informed decision. It's really the best we can do. I I couldn't agree more. Susan, this was eye-opening to me. Thanks so much. You are welcome. Practice pointer. Be sure to identify a history of adverse pregnancy outcomes in your patients and consider that they correlate with cardiovascular risk. Promote healthy lifestyles and encourage breastfeeding whenever possible for additional cardiovascular risk reduction. Join us next time when we talk about the new lung cancer screening guidelines and how to discuss them with your patient. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.